You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Greetings, Mapleview Community Church, and welcome to our sermon cast series and our November month of remembrance for 2020. Join us now as we hear from Mapleview Community Church's own Jason Weening, Executive Director of Church Operations, as he kicks off the month by remembering the persecuted church. Blessings as you listen in. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, Thanks so much for uh, coming out to the Lord's house on the Lord's Day so we can worship our Lord and uh, hopefully have our lives changed um, by what we hear. Hey, have you ever got a sliver? Anyone here ever got a sliver? I've got a sliver. Uh, This is a picture of my two-year-old son, Arrow. He uh, got a sliver in his hand the other day. And if any of your kids have ever got a sliver in their hand, and you go up to them and say, hey, can I see that? They say, no. And if you say, hey, can I help you get that out? They say, no way. Actually, Arrow says, no, Jose. He hasn't quite got, like, no way, Jose. No, Jose. Okay, all right, Jose, I won't. No, Jose. Anyway, so I wasn't able to help him get the sliver out of his finger, but... When a little part of your body suffers, maybe you're reminded of it when you grab your steering wheel or you pick up your phone or you grab a pen and that little sliver comes back to mind, even though it's such a small thing, when a little part of your body suffers, sometimes it affects your whole body and it keeps coming back again and again. So this morning, we are going to talk about the persecuted church. It might be a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, I'm not sure how much you know about the persecuted church, but I'm going to share a few stories with you. Uh, this morning. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 20, it says, as it is, there are many parts, but one body. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Sometimes we don't see the suffering when it's on the other side of the world. Uh, We can see the pain in our own families or close by, but sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. Well, this November, we're going to be remembering a few different things here uh, at Mapleview. We're going to spend a few weeks talking about the persecuted church. Jay's going to follow up on this in a couple weeks. Next week will be our Remembrance Day service, which we do every year. We remember those who have fought uh, for our freedom. And then the final week of uh, November, we'll be having our annual comfort service. So that is the day Uh, when we remember uh, all of our loved ones who have passed before us and just take a Sunday to commemorate them and just uh, give them some of our thoughts. So that's the theme this month um, is remember. Um, If any of you saw the news, we see that just yesterday even, a priest was shot in France. There's a few things that happened in France this week, but uh, there is persecution happening all over and it's super Current. Actually, today is the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. So, on that day, uh, today there are believers gathering all over the globe and remembering the persecuted church and praying for the persecuted church. So, we are joining them uh, as we remember today. I'm going to share with you a few stories of your family, your brothers and sisters that are suffering around the globe. Uh, We're going to look at some things that we can pray for for our brothers and sisters around the globe. And then we're going to talk a little bit about where the persecuted church meets. A lot of them meet in homes, and uh, we're going to touch on that with the new initiative we're launching here at Mapleview. How many were here last week and heard Dr. Gene uh, Chamberlain speak? Now, I wasn't going to use this little phrase, but 
I thought she used a little bit of a corny rhyme, Steph. So if she could use a corny rhyme, then I can. So she said, see if it worked. Whenever you see a lemon, remember to pray for Yemen. Correct. So see, it works. So little rhymes work. So today, here's the little rhyme for you. And if you're watching online, thanks for joining us. But here's the phrase. This November, please remember to pray for the persecuted church. So I'm hoping whenever you see a calendar this month or you pull out your phone and you're looking at your schedule, this November, please remember to pray for the persecuted church. Like I said earlier, it's sometimes easy to forget the pain that is around the world because we see, we're, we're busy and we see the pain in our own uh, lives, in our own family. But right now, even at 1036 this Sunday morning, There's Christians sitting in a prison cell right now somewhere around the world. And they have bars around them. Right now, we're sitting here living the life, super comfortable. But there's Christians that are in prison camps in North Korea right now, in labor camps that are having uh, secret church meetings. Uh, In China, there's Christians that are in caves that are meeting right now. And there's Christians that are in prison cells right now, sitting on a cold concrete floor, pulled away from their families. It's easy to see the pain that is around us. This summer, my wife's uh, father and mother both passed away within about two weeks, and we walked with them through that pain. It was right in front of us. We were very aware of it. We were sitting by their beds with them as they... Uh, went through this, it was right there so we could remember it. The persecuted church is not right here. Uh, And don't get me wrong, I'm talking to myself here. Don't think I sit around all day just praying for the persecuted church. I don't do that. But let me remind you, and please remember this November to pray for the persecuted church. This is a picture of Pastor Wally. Pastor Wally was a Filipino pastor that had a church in Saudi Arabia, and he was leading that group of believers when the Saudi Arabian police came in and they detained him and arrested Pastor Wally. He was sentenced to be hanged, and um, there was an international effort to kind of uh, defend him and ask for Pastor Wally's release. He was eventually released. But I was reading his story this week, and one of the things that he said when he was sitting in solitary confinement in his prison cell, his prayer to God was, Father, is there anyone who remembers me? So let's remember right now, somewhere around the world, there's a believer maybe saying the same prayer as Pastor Wally, and let's remember them this morning and let's pray for them. Hebrews 13 verse 3 says, Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves are being mistreated. This November, please remember to pray for pastors like Pastor Wally that is in a cell right now that's been taken away from his family. These are real names and real people. Uh, We just finished our missions month here, the month of October, and last year we had Garrett come and speak from Ethiopia. Did anyone hear Garrett speak last year? Garrett's story, if uh, you'll recall, he is a, uh, a member of the Afar tribe in Uh, Ethiopia. They are a nomadic tribe. They uh, herd goats and camels and things like that. 
And so when Garrett was a younger man, this is one of their projects. They have a mill set up to help with some of the local uh, agricultural projects. Uh, Garrett was a young man herding camels and taking care of the camels in the field, and he started to feel restless, and he didn't know what it was in him that was drawing him, but he began to leave his uh, camels, leave his flock, and just started wandering and walking. And he came to a building, and he heard beautiful music coming out of that building, and he didn't know what it was exactly, but he he knew that he really liked it. And uh, I was able to spend some time in Ethiopia in February with Uh, my friend Chuck, and uh, Garrett told us when we were there that what drew him was the accordion music uh, in the church. Now, I didn't see an accordion up here this morning, but Garrett was drawn by the accordion music, and he would just go and listen to the music at this church. Now, his father and his uncle, who was the leader of the tribe, heard about what Garrett was doing, and they told Garrett that he needed to uh, denounce his newfound faith and his newfound Christianity. Now, Garrett had not converted to Christianity yet. He just liked to listen to the accordion music. But they didn't know that. And they demanded, Garrett, we need you to uh, recant your faith and turn away and come back to the tribal beliefs uh, that they believed. And they actually said, if you don't do that, we are going to kill you. And so his family and his tribe and his community took him to the river and they attempted to drown uh, Garrett in the river. Now they failed. They were unable to drown him, but they... Uh, kicked him out of their tribe and out of their community anyways. He was now banished. His whole livelihood, he was not educated, so he would not have known how to read or write or do anything like that. So his career options were limited because he had grown up uh, out there, and now his whole sense of making a living was out the window because he was kicked out of his community. Anyways, he went back to the church, to the accordion music, and continued to listen, and eventually he heard the message there, and they invited him in him in, and he gave his life to Jesus. And now he has actually got a large organization that is going into the Afar region. They are, uh, they are teaching in schools, opening schools. They're starting churches. We got to visit some of the churches that they're uh, starting there, helping in a variety of ways. So this is just a story of Christian persecution uh, around the world. And this November, please remember to pray for Garrett and other people like him who have been kicked right out of their community and out of their families. So I reached out to a few different organizations this week uh, just to kind of really get some advice and, and like when, you're, when you guys communicate about the persecuted church, help me understand what you're thinking because I can't come at this from a point of like I've been in prison for the gospel, but how can we relay the message uh, to believers here in Canada that the persecuted church would want them to hear? And I spoke with Andrew at Open Doors, uh, one of the organizations that supports the persecuted church, and he said that the main thing that they ask for is prayer. And then Andrew told me about this story, uh, which you may have seen. I'm going to show a news uh, headline here. In 2018, in Nigeria, uh, there were religious extremists, the Boko Haram, and they kidnapped 110 Nigerian schoolgirls. You guys remember hearing about this? Anyways, um, Andrew told me about one of these girls, and uh, this is Leah Sherabu. Leah is a 14-year-old Nigerian girl, uh, and I can relate to this. I have a 14-year-old daughter as well. Uh, So on one hand, I can relate. On the other hand, I can't relate because there are no extremists trying to kidnap my 14-year-old daughter. Um, Nonetheless, let me share a little bit of Leah's story here. Uh, This is from Church in Chains, another organization that supports the persecuted church. I'm just going to read some of the eyewitness accounts of of what happened to them. One evening, we were sitting down and about to eat, and suddenly we heard gunshots. 
We're trying to get ourselves coordinated when we heard more gunshots, and this time a bullet fell right in front of the hostel where we were. They began to increase the gunshots, and so we Christians decided to hold hands and run away. We knew that we would be the target. So we began to go, and we were calling for Leah. Leah was caring for a sick roommate and refused to leave her. Leah couldn't run fast. She kept falling and trying to help her friend as they were running away. Her friend eventually was able to get to a safe room, but Leah and some of the other students ran right towards the gate where, unfortunately, the Boko Haram truck was parked, and they threw her in the truck and took her away. The rest of us jumped the fence, and we kept on running. We ran to a thick bush behind our school, and we hid there that night. The next day, teachers found the girls who had been hidden, and they brought them back to the school, where some of the parents were happy to see that their children had hidden and were safe, but other parents, as you can imagine, were disappointed and extremely heartbroken that their children had been taken. They took a roll call, and they found that Leah was the only Christian missing. Now, just two Sundays before this kidnapping, her chaplain had preached a message about standing for Christ no matter what happens. A few months later, 104 of the girls were released and got back to the community. As you can imagine, there was much excitement, and Leah's mother began to search through the released girls to see if she could find her daughter, but she could not find Leah. After hearing her daughter had not been released, she was heartbroken, she collapsed, uh, she fell into extreme shock and had to be taken to the hospital. Now, the released girls uh, brought this message. They said that the militants refused to free Leah because she would not renounce her Christian faith and convert. The girls said they freed all of us except Leah, whom they said she could not go because she was a Christian. Leah's mother said what her schoolmates who returned told me was that my daughter was told she must recite their profession of faith if she was to live. They said my daughter would only be brought back home the day she recited that confession of faith, which was not the Christian confession of faith. She said, I'm so proud of my Leah because she did not denounce Christ. When she went away to school, I gave her a copy of the Bible so she could have her own personal devotions, even when I'm not there. Now, Leah was able to communicate with her classmates when they were leaving, and she told them to give this message to her mother. She said, my mother, you should not be disturbed. I know it is not easy missing me, but I want to assure you I'm fine where I am. I'm confident that one day I shall see your face again, if not here, then there with Jesus. Leah's father told the Nigerian media that uh, the kidnappers gave her the option of converting in order to be released, but she said she will never convert. He said, I'm very sad, but I'm also jubilant because my daughter did not denounce Christ. And there's been no news of Leah uh, since last January. So this November, please remember to pray for Leah Sherabu and other children or teens that have been taken from their family, Mark. Let's remember them this November. Now, here's the thing about persecution. We shouldn't be surprised when it comes because Jesus actually told us, you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you'll be hated by all nations because of me. Who knows? This isn't a real cheery thought, but maybe some of us here will face persecution. Maybe some of us will give our lives for our faith. Jesus was persecuted. Why should we expect anything different? I like to, uh, I'm going to read a quote that Dr. Jean read last week that really impacted me. It's from Elizabeth Elliot, and this is the quote. It said that the love of God did not even protect his own son, 
he'll not necessarily protect us, not from anything it takes to make us like his son. A lot of hammering and chiseling and purifying by fire will have to go into the process. I don't really like to hear that. <laughs> hammering and chiseling and persecution doesn't sound like a great uh, thing that I would desire. But Jesus was persecuted. All the disciples, actually, except for John, who wrote the book of Revelation, were all martyred. Some of them were beheaded. Some of them were stabbed by spears. Some of them were beat to death with a club. Some of them were hanged. Peter was crucified, and he actually asked, when they told him he was going to be crucified, if he could be persecuted, uh, crucified upside down because he didn't feel like he was worthy to be crucified like Jesus was right side up. Jesus was persecuted. The disciples were persecuted. So this November, please remember to pray for the persecuted church. Now, is this really a big issue? Okay, I told some sad stories of a few different people, but really, what's the, what, what's the scope of this? Let's look at this map here, and you're going to see uh, something called the 1040 window. And this is a, an area of the globe uh, called the 1040 window. It's latitude and longitude and stuff, where the majority of persecution occurs. Uh, North Korea, I think I already mentioned that. There are, that is the, probably the number one company, uh, country where persecution happens. Uh, in, there's Christians in labor camps in North Korea having hidden churches. Afghanistan, Sudan, uh, Iran, India, Syria. These are some of the countries that have severe persecution now. I see Ali and Nada are sitting right here. Ali came in and we had a little uh, chat this week and he kind of gave me a first-person perspective of what uh, persecution looks like. So Ali and Nada came from uh, Iran. They were uh, refugees in Turkey for a little while and we sponsored them to come here last year. And this is what Ali told me. He said when he became a believer in Jesus, his father told him, get out of my life and get out of my home. And after that, they basically began to flee. They had Christian brothers and sisters around them that were being arrested. And uh, we're blessed to have Ali and Nada here today. He said living here is like a dream. So you can see their story on our YouTube page, uh, Mapleview Community Church, and really get all the details of that. It's very fascinating. Uh, this next statistic shows that over 70% of the world's population lives uh, in countries where religious freedom is not granted. So get this, that we are the minority here. The 30%, we are the minority sitting here in Canada. Maybe you're sitting at home right now on your living room couch watching this online. Know, Howie, that you are the minority here in the world. 30% have religious freedom and 70% do not. We have to be grateful for this, but is there really uh, anything that we can do about it? Yes, there is some things we can do. We can pray. That is the number one thing, as I said, that the persecuted church asks for. They ask us to pray. Maybe you're uncomfortable praying or you're not sure what to pray for. We're going to spend a few minutes praying this morning, and we're just going to take verses right out of the Bible, and we are going to pray those verses for the persecuted church. Uh, they are not asking for prayer for vengeance that their enemies would be struck dead. They're not praying that the militants who took their daughters to the jungle would be killed and destroyed and get payback. They're not praying that the police who take their pastors would get um, trouble and pain for what they've cost. No, they're praying that their enemies would find Jesus' forgiveness and they're having extreme love for their enemies. So uh, you'll find actually on your chairs... Uh, a little slip from Voice of the Martyrs. And there are a variety of countries on those slips, a variety of situations and real scenarios of believers who have been persecuted. Take that with you. 
this November and remember to pray for the persecuted church. We're going to pray for three things this morning. We're going to pray that they would forgive their enemies and love their enemies. We're going to pray for their families, that they would have comfort. Maybe you're sitting at home watching this right now in the comfort of your home. Well, we want to remember believers who don't have that comfort and are not sitting with their families right now. We want to pray for their uh, fear, that they would not have fear, but that they would have confidence to share the message of Jesus that they have. Forgive, family, fear. Maybe some of you have someone that you need to forgive in your life. Maybe that's going to come to mind as we pray. Well, I pray that you'd have the ability to love them and forgive them as well. Even as Jesus was on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Let's pray right now, and I'm just going to pray right out of Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 36. We're just going to read through this scripture, and we're going to pray it right now. So, Heavenly Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. Um, We pray for Christians in North Korea right now, Lord, and pray that they would love their enemies, that they would do good to those who hate them. I pray that they would bless those who curse them. They would pray for those who mistreat them. And Lord, even if they are being abused and being slapped on a cheek right now, that they would turn to them the other also. I pray, Lord, that if someone takes their coat, they would not withhold their shirt. I pray they would give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what doesn't belong, that they would not demand it back. I pray they would do to others as they would have done to them. And even here, Lord, in Barrie, in Mapleview, Lord, that we would do to others as we would have done to us. Lord, what love is it if we love those who love us? Even sinners do that. Lord, I pray that believers around the globe this morning would love their enemies, would do good to them, would lend to them without expecting anything in return, and that their reward would be great. They would be children of the Most High, because Lord, you are kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Help us to be merciful and kind, just as you are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Forgiveness. Family. Next, we're going to pray for Leah Sherbu's family. We're going to pray for uh, Ali and Nada's family. We're going to pray for Garrett's family. We're going to pray for families of believers that are experiencing pain right now as their brothers and sisters or their husbands or wives or children have been taken from them. Maybe you have some pain going on in your family right now or brokenness in your family. Let's pray for that too, that there would be comfort there and healing there. We're going to pray right out of 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 through 7. So let's pray for their families. Heavenly Father, we praise you as the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, you are the Father of compassion. Lord, you're the God of all comfort. I pray for Leah's family that they would be comforted now, even as they don't know where she is, Lord. You would comfort them in all their troubles so that they're able to comfort those in trouble. With comfort we receive from you, God. Supernatural peace, Lord, that passes all understanding. Lord, just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Lord, is there suffering? Would they also abound in comfort? As they're distressed, Lord, that they would have comfort and salvation, and they would have patient endurance of these sufferings as well. And Lord, our hope for these believers, we pray that um, they would stand firm and that as we share in their sufferings, Lord, we would share in their comfort. Help us to remember to pray for them, comfort for their families. In Jesus' name, amen. Forgiveness, families, fear. We're going to pray that they would not have fear to stand for the gospel, that God would be glorified, that God would get the glory, Russ, in whatever they're going through right now, and that they would not be afraid to stand. I pray for us as well that we would have the courage to stand. So I'm going to read out of Philippians 1, verse 14, Revelations 2, verse 10, and 1 Peter 5, verse 8 through 10. You can look these up later if you want to pray them uh, as you're praying for the persecuted church this month. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, 
Again, we come and we ask, Lord, for confidence and courage for our brothers and sisters and for us as well. Because of their chains, Lord, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident. Lord, help us to have that confidence and help them to dare and help us to dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Lord, I pray they would not fear what they are about to suffer because the devil is about to cast some of them into prison so that they will be tested. I pray that they would be faithful unto death and that they would receive the crown of life. I pray they would be of sober spirit, that would be on alert because our enemy, the devil, is prowling around looking for people to devour. Lord, give our brothers and sisters around the globe um, faith to stand firm, that they would resist the devil, and that they would know that there's experience of suffering all around the world with their brothers and sisters. And Lord, that you are accomplishing good through this. You are getting the glory through this. And even after they've suffered for a little while, that you, the God of all grace, who called us to your eternal glory in Christ, you will perfect them, you will confirm them, you will strengthen them, and you will establish them. That is our prayer this morning for the persecuted church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's recap. We talked about some stories of the persecuted church. We looked at the big picture. There's persecution happening everywhere. There's three things we can easily pray for for these brothers and sisters around the globe. For forgiveness for their enemies, for their families, and that they would not fear Ivan, but that they would have, well, not fear you, but just not fear in general. And they would be able to have the confidence and courage to meet and to share Jesus with their families. So the persecuted church gathers oftentimes in homes around the world because they're unable to have the freedom we have here. No one's coming here, taking us out to the jungle and kidnapping us. No one's putting us in jail. No one's trying to drown us this morning here in Barrie. But around the church they are, and so they meet in homes. The New Testament shows different people. They met in Cornelius' home. They met in Mary's home. They met in Lydia's home. They met in Philemon's home. They met in the jailer's house. They met in the temple, as it says in Acts. Day after day, they met in the temple courts and from house to house, and they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is Messiah. It says that they met together in their homes and that they broke bread and that they celebrated and prayed and spent time in fellowship together. So we want to try and uh, do this at Mapleview as well. And so we are launching a home group initiative and we want to see believers gather together. We want to see them praying together, worshiping together, reading the word together. So we're going to be sending out uh, questions that tie into each Sunday's message as people are gathering in homes that they can encourage and uh, review with each other, but also that they would get together and meet and pray and worship and grow that community uh, of believers here. We've been uh, blessed that we can meet like this. Earlier this year, we were unable to meet for a while, so we could do the whole live stream thing, and that's great. But we want to be able, should something happen again, be able that we can plug people into homes in your own social circle, connect with two or three other families, and grow. So if you want to get plugged into a home group, you can go onto our website, mapleview.church slash home groups. We've got some groups that are already full. We've got some groups that are uh, open. If you want to get plugged into one of those, we're also looking for more hosts. If you say, hey, I would host a few people that are in my social circle, we'd like to get together and build that fellowship. Um, come and chat with me and we can uh, get you that information. So um, we'd love to encourage you to sign up for a home group just as our brothers and sisters around the world are meeting in homes each week because of persecution. So as we meet, as they do, this November, please remember to pray for the persecuted church. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity we've had this morning to hear your word and to be reminded of our brothers and sisters around the world. 
I ask, Lord, that we would take action on this. And this month, when we see a calendar, when we are making plans and schedules, that we would just take a moment to remember the persecuted church and to pray for them, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask you to remind us about our brothers and sisters around the world. And even as a small sliver might annoy us or cause us to remember a little bit of pain, Lord, that we would have that remembrance this month for the persecuted church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.